Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 18, Up the Long Ladder, colon, the one with 20 subplots. Jean-Luc, Jordy Specs, mysteries on the holodecks, asteroids, triple droids, telepathic betazoids, transporter, deadly claw, visitor from L.A. law, photons, no Kirk, captain has gone berserk, shuttlecraft, console Troy, Dr. Crusher's little boy, Klingon rights, parasites, new heights, phaser fights, Data's head, Tasha's dead, Wyke is hanging by a thread, celebration, transformations, everyone to battle stations. Paul, this is meaningless. Every is I I, I don't know what I'm, I'm, this episode is going to break me, man. This is it. This is the one. This might be this it. one. This might be the episode that I. <sighs> Do you have Ropignor? Ropignor? <laughs> Ropignor. <laughs> I need to get a bunch. I don't know if I don't know if Nick Baker Ropignor. brought any, but he's here for this. Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to roll on this baby. What are <clears throat> What are we doing? <laughs> what is What is this episode? What I don't. Uh, Ropignor. It's, it's, it's one of the classics. One of the greatest. I. Th- think it's it's of all time it's definitely classic um but it's classic in the way that uh you know those like turn of the century like turn of the 19th century like uh propaganda posters are classic oh yeah you know yep. like especially in their characterization of an entire ethnic group of people you're right I've, <laughs> this episode like, like infomercials are classic when they like drop stuff randomly <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Infomercial people. Yes. This yeah. is an episode where the Enterprise races to the rescue of two colonies. And one of them yeah. is filled with Irish people that are straight <laughs> out of like a like a play of just right. stereotyped race, racist caricatures of Irish people. Because they don't it have... Was that one, it was that with se- one um, Shakespeare play about Irish people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's yes. I forget it, the like, name of that one. The I Shakespearean think it was Irishman. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter propose a universe <laughs> in which we have just started this podcast. We have yeah. thumbs down every episode except Code of Honor, which we gave a thumbs up, and then we thumbs this one up, up the long ladder. And you're just gonna think that this show is about being racist. <laughs> Right, like I we mean, had. Do you think there's only been well, two episodes? Well, and I don't I mean, think racism is the only problem. Well, yeah, it's but I mean, pretty sexist too. Well, oh, absolutely, sure, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's and at times it's trying to figure out which it's more of. But like, I just <laughs> sure. I don't think I realized how much I hate the trope of. How about we go to an exotic planet of just blank people? You know, and it's like, I, uh, <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad about it. <laughs> Well, maybe we should talk about the episode. I don't know. just tell, raging. Okay, so Worf yeah. gets the Klingon measles. Talk about that. Ropnor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. Uh, the beginning of the episode starts with uh, I mean, Worf just being, like, super uncomfortable looking and fainting. Randomly. Klingons do not faint. That's right. Oh, yeah, sorry. He <laughs> just collapsed, faint. sir. Yeah. Rop- yeah. So, let's... Rop-nor. Let's... Let's hold on to this one, because I want to okay. figure out what letter the plot this one is. <laughs> is this like uh, a D plot, an E plot? Well, I guess Let's just so. keep that on the table. So you had boldly proclaimed uh, that this is like the episode with 20 subplots. Like, I mean, there is a lot going sure, on here. I We've mean, got, it's hyperbole. Yeah. Should we try to, <laughs> in an effort to put this shattered Humpty Dumpty back together... Uh, should we try to define everything that we can remember that's going on in this episode? Um, well, the A-plot has to be the um, people they rescue from... Oh, boy. I looked up the planets. Uh, the first planet. Uh, the Bringolds. The Bringloidians. Bring the Bringloidians. Bring 
Um, Danilo, right, Danilo Odell, and his sure. lovely daughter. <laughs> like, there's nothing else that competes with that for the A plot, right? Right. I mean, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So we've got that. We got. What the, do we think of that one? I mean, <laughs> my. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a it's it's a thing. Whatever. I, I have know. a question. <laughs> uh, Burns. Sure, yeah. So they get a signal. Do they always? Usually, when they get a signal, don't they just go to it? Do they always like collect it, send it to a star base, and then wait for analysis? Yeah, I mean that's I I had kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, they um. It's a uh, well. Didn't they have to send it to the star base because they're like we don't know what this is, right? Like, didn't they? Well, the star, yeah, the they star get base. A lot of... The star base picked it up, and they didn't know. It took them like two weeks to decipher what it meant, and uh -huh. Riker knew what it was in like three seconds. Oh, was that and, what it was? Uh, that the star base picked it up. Okay, I, I missed that. I yeah. thought they yeah, picked it up. Uh, yeah. Okay, no, okay. they didn't pick it up. The Starbase sent it to them and was like, here's the signal. And Riker's like, sounds like an SOS. And he's like, you're much smarter than the Starfleet Wait, number isn't, one. Yeah. Isn't the Starbase uh, stationary? I don't know. Or somebody, somebody else picked it up, sent it okay. to Starfleet. Let's just say the then, Yamato picked it up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds good. And then they deciphered it, sent it to the Enterprise. And the, and, uh, the signal was uh, one... That had been used by the European hegemony uh, in the fictional 22nd century. Do you do you pronounce it hegemony or hegemony? Hegemony. Okay. <laughs> Just wondering. Wonder, is that is that how <laughs> devoid of content this episode is that we're going to talk about? I mean, I, mean, I made a note about it. <laughs> a, did you not? I mean, there's so much to make notes of in this episode. The the hegemony is the uh, L plot. We'll, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the, the conspiracy. So the thing. funniest thing about the Boy, that's, SOS yeah, that's the signal, text. yeah, yeah, is that Picard was like, it just kicked on with no warning. Like, isn't that the point of an SOS signal? <laughs> that there's no warning. <laughs> well, and I actually kind of like I sort of missed this. Uh, until I watched it again. But the the whole premise of this is that this distress signal is coming from this colony, and they kind of stumble backward into this, like, what happened with this colony, right? Because there were originally the two ships that were sent from the 22nd century, you know, Earth uh, era. And it was like, it's literally like a tale of two ships, right? Because they got one that was packed full of animals, and, and yeah. so apparently all yeah, yeah. the straw they yeah. could gather up. And just and shove it question. In question. Uh -huh. Yeah. Does the teleporter teleport like the ground? That's what I was wondering too. <laughs> I remember watching this episode both times in the last. Because why week. would they bring up the straw, right? If they're standing <laughs> on straw. Yeah. They, they, I mean, if they're standing on bricks, they don't bring up the bricks. There were so many weird. I get they yeah. would bring the animals, but yeah. pieces of like facts in this episode, they were like they never do that again anywhere in star mm -hmm. trek or like nobody's ever standing on straw again. again i guess it nobody's just... ever standing on straw it's again. because it's because somebody like you look at a scene you look at a at a, <clears throat> at a thing that you're about to photograph right and you're like that either looks good or it looks dumb and <laughs> like, this where, looks ridiculous yeah where somebody I decided know, to draw straw exactly <laughs> that's it that's it they didn't they looked at it and they had all those people in those ridiculous costumes and, and then they're like this looks dumb and somebody next to him was like you're right this whole thing like i have serious questions about this and then they just grabbed a bunch of straw threw it at their feet yeah, and they're I like think... now we're ready to go yeah that's that's the yeah that's leaning into it like mm, i don't think we could fix this by toning it down gotta tone it up <laughs> yeah because that's that's the one ship, the Bring Lloydy, the, the the straw ship that apparently is magical straw also, and gets beamed up, and then the, I mean, yeah. Well, so Picard is weird here at the beginning because Riker's like, at "Hey, you know, we could teleport weird. him up, but well, he's you know, throughout, but we could yeah. teleport him up, but there's some problems." And Picard's like, "Tell me about it when you're here." Yeah. <laughs> and then this happens. He's like, "Oh," and then he's kind of indignant that he didn't know about it. Um, and says, yeah. you know, teleport the next batch directly to this other place. Like, well, if you had listened for maybe like five seconds, you would have known this. And you're right. They wouldn't have had the shot of this straw-covered teleporter, right? Right. Well, and <clears throat> I mean, Riker's trying to give him a serious report, and, and Picard's response is essentially like, nope, already bored. Deal with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and like I, I mean I it's really hard to track exactly what's happening in in this episode because I I remember like just there were so many questions but essentially the the the, the two ships you know will meet the other ship later they got all the Yoshimitsu computers or whatever brand name they were that I was like is that a real brand I don't I don't know what okay um yeah they missed a good ad spot there right yeah totally filled with something yeah they, they could have yeah exactly. could have been like Casio keyboard watchers or calculator watches exactly yeah. so all the tech they're just like what happened to it we'll find out in a minute cuz it didn't wind up with these people um and instead, we're on this agrarian planet. But, like, originally when I was watching it, I was like, so, okay, the, these these folks just said, we're not going to use any computers. Earth is bad because of technology, and we're returning to the to the Earth. Which is, you know, it's a sci-fi trope that comes up multiple times sure. in sure. all kinds of sci-fi, Trek included. But I was like, yep. how, how do they send a distress call then? And then I, it was a throwaway line, but apparently it was automated from the satellites that were in orbit, I guess? Oh. And that's how they came to the rescue? Because, I mean, like, honestly, whatever was going to happen to the sun and, like, cook this planet or whatever with uh, with all the all the goats and everything. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess that's the only way you can get the Enterprise involved and have any... Because otherwise, they are totally forgotten about, right? Like, nobody really seemed to remember these... Well, these were out you could there. do it better. You could do it better if the Enterprise was just mapping a system and... Somebody said, hey, there's some life on the third planet. Maybe we should go check it out. And they scan and they say, hey, there's a crashed uh, Earth ship down there. And, like, maybe we should check that out. And then you're there. Same thing. And there's life forms 30 meters underground. Yeah. And, like, hey, they don't realize that something weird's going on with their sun. And it's going to be a problem for them. So we're going to be the ones to tell them because they don't like tech. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we, I don't know, we, I'm trying to figure out what to say about this episode that's not just me, oh, like, boy. getting a little mad, but, uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to keep asking questions. Okay. So, question. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, so, talking about the cargo, they talk about spinning wheels. Uh-huh. Yes. And there's a dataism here, and I, I don't know that it's ever bugged me before, and I'm not sure it's ever been used this way, but data, Picard says spinning wheels, and data says spinning wheels, and then, like accessing and then hmm and then oh, start yeah. saying things about spinning wheels and yeah that bothered the i never sat down too. and thought like what is he accessing like does he have a <laughs> passive database <laughs> that he doesn't know off the top of his head but he could like query um or like if he He's knows it Wi-Fi doesn't he just know it ship computer yeah, like, or is he hooked into the ship computer? Is that what he's querying? Yeah, no, I think but I think it, that's kind of that's his standard shtick, right? Is that he's like accessing, and I, I I always presumed that he was, yeah, like interconnected to the ship database, right? Where he's like, I don't know what that is, so let me look it up. Would, it's like it's I like mean, Android in all his downtime. It's like, oh my though, god, he... it's like Google on Android, right? Because it's literally basically right, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. basically, yeah. I mean, wouldn't any time he had downtime, wouldn't he just be basically reading Wikipedia, and then know all of it? Well, he's got limited storage in his head. Haven't you ever seen Johnny Mnemonic? He's talked about it. No, he's talked about the space, and I mean, Wikipedia could fit on his space limitations. Fair yeah, enough. if he had the same storage limitations as Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny Mnemonic had what, like five hundred megabytes or something? That was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true, I guess, but I, I mean, I don't know, I guess, I, I guess in the future there's probably so much to know that why would he spend his time looking up spinning wheels, you know, when, uh, Speaking of so much to know, uh-huh. where did, where did Worf get the, the Ropknor? Yeah. Where From other clans, or? I can answer that question for you. <coughs> oh, yeah. Worf got Ropknor from the holodeck in the same way that the kids in season one got ski fever. Oh, got ski fever. Mm, I'll buy it. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that's, right. it's not, <laughs> grant you, you won't find that in this episode, but if you dig a little deeper, come along on a journey of fan fiction <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where it is. That's where that all That was a satisfactory answer to my question. Yep. This go. is the so, only place it ever shows up, though. I uh, memory off, I click through to it, and it's just like, yeah, it's like human measles. It happened this one time and up the long ladder. Yeah, that's it. That's all there is on memory off about it. 
Well, and okay, so let me, you've been asking questions, Paul. I will ask one. Um, sure. This is an episode about uh, two colonies. Uh, we're going to get to the other colony here in a little bit and their technology and how they faced problems. But um, if, if you were to look at this episode as a, as a science fiction concept, you know, most of these episodes are ultimately supposed to be about, huh, you know, something, either, you know, social concept or, or a philosophical concept. What's the underpinning concept that this episode either is about or was supposed to be about? Baker, you want to take us? But there you go. There's Baker's answer. Um. What, sorry, what did you say? Can you, can you say that again? Uh, getting busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you're not that's, wrong. I think that's a... D plot maybe, yeah. but but well, um, well no, I mean you really, generally it comes back to the A plot. You generally start at the top and you work your way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. Oh man, yeah. that's what kind so, of what Paul. What do you think? What do you think this is? Well, about? so I, I wanted Baker to answer first because I I read up a bit on it, so I have an answer that I that um is is kind of from um, well, Melinda Snodgrass who who wrote this one or had a hand in writing this one. Yeah. Um, that this was supposed to be about uh, immigration um, and that it started as a much different story about immigration and how it can go wrong and how, um, you know, it, it kind of prime directivity that like the best intentions aren't always the best um, practices. And apparently it got just yeah. taken. Yeah, I mean, ex essentially, exactly. Yeah. And, and to, to <clears throat> yeah, to. To make that work, you got to bring in the second half of the episode, which is like, okay, so these people are going to die. Their planet's going to get cooked. We'll beam them all up. Hilarity ensues. The Enterprise is filled with uh, th curious throwbacks and uh, and all kinds of animals. And uh, we warp over to the other colony, and lo and behold, here's where all the computers went. There's like six people on the whole planet, carbon copied five. like hundreds of times. Five people, sorry, five. Yeah. Um, because their so colony ship ran into some trouble. Yeah, yep. there's only five living, and they had to resort to cloning because they don't have enough in the gene pool. Right. Uh, hey, I have, so I have a question. How many people started the colony, the first colony? Which yeah. first colony? The Bringloidy colony or the Planet of Clones? The, either, well, the, either, right? How many were on either ship Yeah. to start? I, I think, think like, they mentioned it. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, they said there's only 223 <clears throat> of the survivors from yeah. Planet A, yep. which seems ladies, low yeah. after, you know, 250 years. Yeah, they talk a lot about yeah. a viable Pro gene yeah, pool, yeah. and um, that's, I mean, I don't have the numbers in oh, front of me. But we'll get to that at the end, boy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that at the end, because, yeah, they, their solutions are not really <laughs> solutions. Yep. That's something. So this planet of clones, hence, um, hence the, hence the theme for the episode of getting busy. Getting busy. Um, Did we, we, we also missed um, what I think would also kind of fit in. Maybe we call this the C plot. The, um, the close of the Klingon measles is the Riker Pulaski stuff with the tea ceremony, right? The Wharf Pulaski. Mm. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Riker. Yeah, Wharf, Wharf, and Pulaski. I, yeah. I, feel, I I'm curious if this was like an attempt for them to grow a relationship between Worf and Pulaski that would, you know, come to fruition later on in the series. I don't know when they decided to cut Pulaski. Like what episode was like? Yeah, Pulaski's not working out. Basically, the very beginning of season three. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. She's here through the entirety of this season, and then she's gone. That's it. By <laughs> right, but I'm just wondering, like, when the the people in the show when decided, decision. like, this shit's not yeah. happening. Oh right, right. That would be a good question. Uh, I don't think they well, did it, because season two was pretty chaotic. I think that probably happened after season two was off the air. Would be my guess. This is a good place for it because Worf is. Um, Worf has has shown that he is the kind of person who is very open to um, basically uh, anyone and, and making friends with anyone and engaging uh, in his culture with anyone who wants to share it. Um, so this is this seems to be a good attempt at it. This should have done been done much earlier in the season, though. Um, it's also just weird that like he would have the Klingon measles and then they would do this tea ceremony. And 
it's poisoning humans. So she takes something she found in the hallway, and <laughs> it, he says like fun. it's like it's really not good for Klingons either. And it's like, well, it's fine though. It's not like I have a compromised immune system from the measles yeah. or something. It's like you just got over the measles, dude. <laughs> like I'm glad there's not a doctor here to tell me not to drink poison while I have the measles. You know, <laughs> just like let me help you drink poison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I um. To, to, I can solve this one too. I guess I'm just the fixer in this uh, in this particular. <laughs> sure. I would like to uh, bring up a callback to uh, episode number 14 of this season. We talked about it with other Jason, uh, the Icarus Factor, uh, in which Worf essentially is uh, is somebody who just likes to ride that sweet pain train. Like he just wants yeah. to. The only way he can be better <laughs> is if he makes himself far far worse. And Pulaski <laughs> was in that ceremony with the pain sticks, so Boy. Uh, she gets Hi, it. other Jason. Hi. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall here. I just have to, uh, I have to, I have to represent his point of view because otherwise I feel he would be disappointed. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm waving. <laughs> Not that it translates to audio, but. So. I mean, I really hope you wave back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. Well, um, here, I have, I have a question about Worf's illness, going back to that quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand when Pulaski covered for him why they all thought that, you know, being dumb enough to not, to like fast and then work out too hard is better than just being sick. Like, <laughs> wouldn't saying that to the captain, the captain would be like, wow, that wasn't very smart, Worf. You should have, like, you know, not done that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would suppose, though, that this is another... What you're doing, Baker, is you're applying human morals to another culture. And that's oh, disgusting. Oh, sorry. Okay. My bad. Um, I mean, if, she, if she'd heard of HIPAA, though, like, she could just say, he's fine now. Like, yeah. Oh, sure, it. yeah. She didn't have to come <laughs> Sorry, yeah. patient confidentiality. At all, yeah. They don't got HIPAA in that time. But I, I would say, like, that, that cover was an attempt to be, like... Uh, listen, Worf is just, he's just so much of a warrior that he's just killing it too hard. And he needs right. to, like, kill it a little less. And then Worf's, like, basically throwing on the sunglasses back there going, yeah, that's right. Like, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, does she treat him? Does she treat him? Other other than with... Because it doesn't seem like he ever gets a treatment other than a diagnosis. He gets the tea. Like she's a... Yeah, I mean, oh, tea, like. I, I gotta imagine that she sticked him with a thingy and then he was better. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, like I think usual. she kind of just smirked and was like, "Walk it off." Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the that's the deleted scene we don't see. She actually actually berates him a bunch before yeah. uh, before she covers for him because Pulaski <laughs> is really the villain of season two. And we well, we all knew that. Never yeah. forget that. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm done with the the Pulaski. War stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, let's talk about clones. So there, so there's five people on this planet, copied a bunch. Um, yeah. All the computers. That's a, uh, by the way, that's the B-plot, I think, right? That's the B-plot, the clone stuff. Well, I mean, it's they're all kind of, I mean, I guess. But, I mean, it's, it's all part of this overarching plot. Because I think if... if you know, Paul, to go back to what you were talking about about this episode where, you know, Melissa Snodgrass, who wrote this episode, which, by the way, fun trivia fact, the other episode that she's written so far is Measure of a Man. And that was a fantastic episode. So it just yeah. goes to show you, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you hit. Did she? I thought she had one other one, too. I don't Maybe not. think so, because I, I think uh, she has other credits eventually in Trek, but I don't think she has written. Oh, Pen Pals. Yep, she, um, oh, yep, yeah, okay. pen pals. Yep, so there you go. And that one, eh, so, you know. <laughs> but um, I think the thing that you can see, the framework from her original idea before it just got uh, rewritten to death, basically, is the whole, I mean, the, the immigration idea is here, right? Because the, the, the clone planet has a problem that they're going to attempt to... <laughs> awkwardly solve with the uh the bring Lloydies, right um mm -hmm. but i mean essentially they're they're the the planet of the clones they only had clones as an option because their ship crashed there were five people alive and so they're just like why don't we just replicate people a bunch um and then they start well, talking they about replication errors and stuff and then you find out the planet has a problem you know right well and it's it's boy so they have five people, and they say they they break it down. What was it? Three, 
I wrote it down somewhere, two women and three men. Yep. And uh, they're like, well, so we decided that that could never sustain a population, so we just didn't try. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, sure, okay. But they easily could have gotten to a second generation at least, right? Like, they're, they're yeah. talking about genetic diversity. It's not going to help a ton, but to not even try that once, just to have more people to clone, right? Right. You, you have right. 10 or yeah. 20 kids with that gene pool. Like, they're going to be 10 or 20 healthy kids. Right. And, and then you like have just... 20, 25 people to clone, right? <laughs> like, yeah. even if that's where you stop it, you have a lot more people to clone. There's no reason to just throw those cards on the table right away and say, well, I guess we're just going to clone everybody. Yeah, and did they just not get busy? You know what I'm saying? Well, they did like, awkwardly try to address yeah, that. Yeah, they talk right? about that. I mean, but yeah, but their solution I, I, I deemed non-satisfactory because it's like, yeah, you're right, Paul. I didn't even really connect the two that it's just like, we're here hundreds of years later. But if you wind that all the way back to like six months after the crash, it's like they had a meeting and they're they're like, yeah, this isn't a viable gene pool. And then they're like, all right, sex is officially over. Everyone? Yep, yep. They're like, Spin up the cloning from now on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and then, so the, well, and they don't that. Well, and they don't even replicate, right? They don't even 3D print bodies. They clone. Yep. Which, like, there's a whole different host well, of problems there. I mean. Um, with 90s cloning, yeah. right? 90s cloning. Na- <laughs> uh, Dolly. Dolly the sheep. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's the so much more rad and extreme version of cloning. It's the uh, MTV liquid <laughs> a lot of television neon colors <laughs> version of cloning. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they have a very simplistic take on that here. Of and even when they're like they grow a, a Riker like an adult Riker in a day or two. Yeah. Um, it's like well Weird. you know even when you start talking about. I should have looked up when Dolly uh, the sheep was. I think that was later in the '90s. But um, you don't you don't just yeah, get an was, adult um, like Dolly the sheep was. Let's see, '96, 1996. Okay, yeah, but yeah. so I mean, they're pitching a little ahead of the where they are. They're making sure. some guesses. It just happens that that I mean, even at the time, I think these guesses were wild, wildly off base. Sure. Well, yeah. and let's so you mentioned this too, but let's talk about the abduction of the crew and cloning against their will because this is the part of the episode that gets uh <clears throat> we'll say morally the most dubious really fast and they just yeah. kind of skate past a lot of the interesting questions on this one cuz they're basically like, "Hey, look down that hallway." And then they knock him out <laughs> and <Zap. yeah. laughs> like I wrote down, "Oh, they have uh, men in black pens pens again." Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whenever they're needed, there they are. Also, um, you know, Paul, I don't know if you watched a lot of Star Trek Voyager or Baker. I don't know if you did either. But, like, the scene where they've got them on the table and then they've got the needles going straight into their stomach is straight out of the pilot from Star Trek Voyager. Because that's... Oh, really? I didn't recognize that. <sighs> I mean, even that's so funny. much so that I think, like, a lot of the equipment was the same. I was like, hot damn. Because, like, <laughs> that's how the, uh, the, the caretaker in Star Trek Voyager gets, like, genetic samples from them or something. And I was like, why does Star Trek assume that the only place you can get DNA is, like, sticking a needle in somebody's torso? <laughs> Like, yeah, like, the, even the, now, they're, cheek they're hand-waving yeah. a lot. Yeah. They're hand-waving a lot here. And and to be fair, right, they, they we're, ta- we're talking at a time where we have a sequenced human genome. We had the Human Genome Project. Um, if we have a, a string of DNA from your cheek, we can we can talk about all the things that are in that. Um, and they're pitching a little head here. They do kind of try to wave that away and say that um, the type of cells that line the stomach, right, they are... Um, I mean, they're trying to use the word stem cells without maybe knowing what that is at this point in time right um and sure if you're doing that kind of cloning but again you could do just as much with dna with with the technology they should have at this point um especially if you're good enough to be doing this type of cloning where you're you're cloning from cells um which is uh, which i believe is the way that dolly was cloned dolly the sheep um that would be like this method but yeah Basically, just just taking a a cell, discarding the genetic information within it, and reprogramming it with you know the harvested material. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Why why didn't they take Jordy? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They were like, we need as many people as possible. Let's take two. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Pulaski's flashlight. Let me tell you, it's a uh, pretty cool technology. Because when she's laser. on the planet, the yeah, her little thing it can scan DNA and then give her information telepathically. Because they're all down there, and everybody's like, "Hmm, all these people look alike." And she scans them, and she's like, "They're clones." Without yeah, she, the <laughs> the funny thing is, she was like, "Oh." how long have you been clones or whatever? And the guy was like, oh my God, she knows. How did you know? And it's like, we I just part saw my hair on the other side. Him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's... Um, well, and then later she's like, oh, you're missing some cells. Right. Just off your face. And then, just like right there. And then <laughs> you find out that Jordy is just a walking lie detector, apparently. Which is yeah. Like... He's got Troy powers. Yeah, they brought that up a couple of times, and that I, I, there was another episode where he referenced that. I think. And, oh really? Um, I, yeah. I thought this was just like a one-time made-up thing. It makes sense, right? It makes yeah. sense. It, well, it does, but, but it, it, they super drop it. Like they just. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's, it's very away. much. It's very yeah. much Troy powers, and Troy. Before they go down, Troy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on! It seems like they're going to try to trick us or something." Mm-hmm. And Riker's like, "Okay, cool." No need to bring you, though, yeah. <laughs> the person who could be useful <laughs> at, at figuring out that. Uh-huh. Um, she might have been able to say, watch out, turn around, yeah. right before they fired <laughs> yeah, their face. Because when they got into that room, right, she would have been like, I sense that they're about to shoot us with men in black pens. Yep. But then, <laughs> yeah. Troy, like, they don't need Troy because Jordy has those powers. And it's like, boy, like, yeah. couldn't you have sent down O'Brien or something? <laughs> yeah, we're we're essentially talking about stuff that's in I mean, from what I can tell, like the fourth act of, of the episode and like so here's the biggest critique that I have that just philosophically about this episode. This is another one of those classic like too much going on, too much undercooked. Like the episode actually kind of picks up a little bit of momentum right about here, right? Like right about where they get phasered and start harnessing or, or harvesting we, all I of mean, their genetic material. Yeah, um, but I mean, we've skipped over a ton. We haven't even talked about the the first uh, the Brennaldi boy. Yeah, the Brennaldi. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Riker gets busy. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, but basically they're just the Riker. Yeah, that's like a D plot that takes place for about five minutes, and then nobody ever talks about it again. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah. there's all this stuff in the the cargo hold too of like just oh, so many weird things going fire on. Fire and the well, we the did still. Yeah, we did. Oh, skip the whiskey! Over. Oh, the whiskey! We skipped over my he favorite goes... line in the entire episode, which is uh, <laughs> when I don't even remember what exactly happened, but they were in the cargo hold, and Picard just starts laughing, and Riker turns <laughs> oh, to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Picard's yeah. just like, "Sometimes, number one, you simply have to bow to the absurd." Which, yeah, yeah, Picard is just lost. It. That's <laughs> this episode, right? Like, that's just, yeah, <sighs> I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Picard <laughs> needs to get paid. That's right. I guess because like okay, so here's the deal. Like in in so yeah, I mean there's a bunch of stuff that that happened, but basically the 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 TLDR version of everything that happened up to this point is we wasted a bunch of time writing like Irish sure. people because Maurice Hurley thought they were cool. Um, and do they not have bathrooms? Do they? Huh? The bathrooms? They well, because you never think about bathrooms on the Enterprise, but they they say like we were cooking food because you didn't give us food, and they're like, oh yeah, I guess you could have got it from the wall, and they're like, mm, we don't know how to do that. <laughs> like that seems like something you would have told them, and then she's like, well, I also need to wash my feet, and it's like, uh, well, there's probably not a bathroom in a cargo hold. Yeah. Well, she was so, just trying to get busy, you know. Yeah, 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 sure. Paul, I don't <laughs> know if you understand, but wash her feet is a euphemism. I'm aware, <laughs> but they, it does seem like. That brings up a question of bathrooms, and that there wouldn't be yeah. any in a cargo hold. That's and true. And just all these man, questions that start cropping man, up. Man, they just if, go on the floor because if, the ship cleans itself. <laughs> be, yeah, <laughs> the ship cleans itself was an interesting line too. Yeah, like does that ever come up ever again? Oh, it just cleans itself. Does that actually happen? I mean, I've never I seen don't. anybody clean the ship, so yeah, right. That's true. That's true. Who's gonna clean it? Who's who's gonna swab the deck? Right. They don't even. They don't make Wesley do that. And if anybody to do it, that would be what a Wesley job. What What would be the caliber of whiskey you think he gets from the the replicator if you just asked for whiskey? Oh man, he probably got synthol. Like, is it just going to he a got, bar? No, he got probably, like he, just he got asking jelly. for whiskey to bar and you get well. Yeah, he got Starfleet brand, you know, Cadets <laughs> Review synthol <laughs> uh, <laughs> whiskey, which is just the weak sauce. And then he could have said like best whiskey ever. He could have That's been true. like, yes, I would been... like 
50-year-old, 50-year-aged, barreled, name any Scottish distillery, right? Like, it's, it's Sure. True. Sure. Irish, Irish, I guess he's Irish. Name any Irish distillery. I'm going to go <laughs> like, ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt here and say that he was maybe a little wowed by the magic slot in the wall that can make whiskey. And probably was just like, burr, 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 uh, whiskey. <laughs> um, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, had he had his wits about him, I think it was just kind of a funny jump for Worf to be like, I got your back. And then get him, you know, Klingon gut rot, which... Yep. <laughs> this is also poison. <laughs> this is also, yeah, that guy died. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, this epi- like okay. So, to, but let's talk about the end of this episode here because I, I mean they basically with about I don't know fifteen minutes of screen time left, uh, bring in a moral quandary about uh, ownership of self. Right. And uh, your ability to govern your reproductive destiny, which (laughs) in 1989. uh, okay, big question. Cool. Let's throw that out there. See how people react. Um, Also, what you do if someone then successfully does procreate from your genetic material to which they answer definitively um, and immediately. Um, And then uh, how to handle the fate of two planets. Again, all of this with about 12 minutes left. 15 tops yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they when they when they kill the clones the note i wrote is that they uh i guess they also saw the prestige uh, <laughs> yeah. the movie the prestige <laughs> i mean i won't spoil it more than that but everyone should li- go watch the movie the prestige go it's watch the movie. prestige and yeah, yes good they, they um, pretty much did that's no problem i guess we wrapped that up in a nice little package <laughs> there we go <laughs> um yeah but it is it, it's an interesting point to be made here but they're making points i don't think they're i think they're making points on both sides so they're they're having this question of what it's it's a person say whether or not they can um have this happen to them uh and that's then a good argument that they make there uh but they also stop it so quickly they Riker says well i wouldn't want that to happen to me and picard says yep i bet that's probably the opinion of everyone bye (laughs) (laughs) like there's a there's a thousand plus people on this ship right like Uh they're looking for they're looking for a Django fat right sure they're looking like those people exist out there there's there's just no way that you're not gonna find someone that's like whoa you can make a bunch of clones of me and I get to live forever like in my own DNA sort of way kind of there's people who would bite on that like That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. you bring up an interesting point that, yeah, out of a ship of a thousand, their sample size was one. <laughs> yeah, and then Picard says, well, no one else gets to answer this question. No one else gets the choice to say, well, I would like to do this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, cool. I'm sorry. It was Tuesday, and so that is Riker's day to answer <laughs> yes, moral Riker quandaries. chooses. Yep. <laughs> That's, yep. I mean, yeah, and so... Then we have the the cloning thing and the terminating their own clones. I would like to point out here in this in this case that Melissa Snodgrass is on record as saying because of this episode, she actually got flack from two different uh, interest groups. Um, she did get uh, a lot of messaging from the Right to Life Coalition because they destroyed the clones, uh, effectively mm. saying that this episode is condoning abortion. Take from that what you will. Um, she also says that um, she heard a lot from um, like the Irish Defamation League, which is just like, okay, so these people are <laughs> no basically... No surprises there. Yeah, these people are basically lucky charms. Like, what are you doing, lady? Like, come on. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was... Um, that's neat. Ronald D. Moore is on record as saying that uh, this episode is, quote, embarrassing. Um, he also, in yeah. 2012, said it was, quote, terrible beyond terrible. Uh, yeah. So he's got <laughs> strong feelings about it. Well, so they also talk about the things that are going wrong with these clones. And Pulaski says something about replication uh, errors. What was it? Replication errors. And my note was, oh, she saw multiplicity. But <laughs> You can um, only clone them so many times. So <laughs> many times. It's like copying a copy, man. Remember copy machines? I don't, I don't even the, know what the hell a JPEG is. <laughs> right, and like this was a problem in the 90s. If you wanted to copy a thing a bunch of times, then you kept copying the copy, but you didn't have a scanner. Um, like... Yeah. If you can't, like, you could store the digital information. 
there's no reason they should be cloning the clones, even if if this is a problem. They could just have yeah. the information and the cells from the first generation. How many stomachs? Like, there's enough stomach cells to do this for a while. Yeah. Like, they do they have, have a freezer or something? Yeah. Like cryogenics, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you could freeze human cells for a while as long as it's you know just simple cells like this. It's like, the yeah. in vitro fertilization is is basically what they're not doing here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could also yeah, just take know. the DNA of lots of people on board and start combining DNA and, and cloning that way. And Listen, we're gonna have introducing to, <coughs> we're gonna have to introduce the Oscars speech play it off music here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, start to break okay, down that's enough. That's it. <laughs> the number of ways that this episode gets it wrong. I mean, we're gonna this is gonna be a podcast for the ages. I uh, do. Yeah. Oh, one one last thing. So the, <laughs> they they have this problem with the Brinloidi yeah. at the end, right? They're like, yeah. well, the Brinloidi are messy, and we could never teach them to be like us. And the elephant in the room is like, well, you could also just clone all of them. And then put them on the other side of the planet. They get a planet. You get, like, their DNA. And they would probably be fine with that. Yeah, yeah. In exchange for a planet. So this is the part that I wanted to talk about the most, right? Because they are, I mean, again, we've talked about episodes about the Prime Directive versus, you know, uh, it's it's pros and cons when it's appropriate when it's yeah. not and I get that these people are human but holy crap are they cavalier about like nope guess you just have to live together deal with it bye um, boy yeah. to the point of making threats right yeah my heart is almost to the degree of like well I guess we could push you planet into the sun like <laughs> do you have spaceships <laughs> like that's that's the the vibe that Picard and Pulaski are giving off here right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're like they uh, really well, nice seem like bullies at the planet. end. Uh, yeah. in 50 years uh, fully ready for us to populate. Boy, they seem like bullies here. Yeah. Like it is not a satisfying conclusion to this Well, I mean, Pulaski, problem. You know. Well, and they yeah, I mean, you know, but, but, they they talk about I mean, it being a necessity and and we, you know, obviously we we mentioned this earlier, but like I don't think you get a viable genetic sample size with an addition of about 200 plus more people, most of which whom also there's probably kids in there. So, I mean, like there, there's all sorts of numbers problems, right? But they're just very clearly like, nope, you guys have to live together. You're going to be a society, even though you're on completely opposite ends of everything and just work it out, you know? And, and like for this episode to be about immigration, I feel like <laughs> it's pretty tone, to, tone deaf to how actual immigration oh, sure. and societal integration like actually works. Oh, sure, like, no, this sure. will work out. Just do it. <laughs> like what? No. Yeah, just teach them. Just teach them to use computers, and you teach them how to use spinning wheels. <laughs> just figure it out. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you oh, I'll also teach them how to have babies, three wives, and three husbands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. That was a boy. That one. So I would love to have someone who has more training in genetics than than me uh, write write to us. Boy, just write to us. We'll read that on. Um, but the the whole idea of like you can't increase the genetic well it's my understanding that you can't increase the genetic diversity of a group by just making them um basically inbreed right right like yeah. if you just have a genetic population um you need to increase that from outside not just if you have people having kids with multiple people you're just starting to marry your first cousins quicker Right. right. Yeah, it, exactly. It, That's what it, I was yes. thinking too. Yeah. It still doesn't play out, right? There's only so much genetic material there. Like it might help a little, but I would love to know how much that does help with a group of say 200 people. Right. Right. Um, because it doesn't seem like it should help that much. This does not seem like um, viable still. The question though becomes, why do they not have a sort of refugee planet of this type, right? Because they've run into races and humanoids, humanoid races, that are also small groups that are having trouble. And if they had a planet where they just said, well, we need more genetic diversity, and if you want your lineage to continue, this is an option, an option for you to go to this planet, that would be a way to increase genetic diversity. Wait, but hold on. Are you talking about like just a, like a District 9 planet, Paul? Like, what? A, huh? A <laughs> refugee planet? Hold on. This, this, that might get a little weird. Like, there's just a planet that they just stick people? Like, a, like what? Well, there are other Back. class M no, I guess out I, there that have, like, a, you know... Well, uh, no, I guess maybe I, I chose the words poorly. They, if this was a planet where they said, hey, anyone in the, the galaxy that wants to move to another planet, here's one that needs genetic diversity. Oh. Um, yeah. Right? So not one that you're forced to go to. Oh, yeah. But yeah, okay. the idea okay. that 
they that makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. So I chose the words poorly. <laughs> okay. Um, I was a little worried there because it was getting. It was just starting to no, sound no, no, real it's dark. Not every time like, they, Paul? every time, <laughs> every time they run into O'Connor or someone like that, they're just like, "You have to go to Refugee Planet." <laughs> a fate worse than death. No. 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 Yeah. Okay. But they have run into groups that are small. Right, that have population problems, right? Um, yeah. And they will again in the future. Yes. And to just keep leaving them alone on on their own planets um, when the bow breaks, right? That's a good example. Oh yeah. Um, of these planets that need genetic diversity, and you're not going to get that by just leaving them all alone on their own planets. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, and I, I and and they they are just. It's a handshake. It's a spit in the hand at a handshake. And then they're just like, we're a society. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> that's like, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> they, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, again, we talk about, like, episodes that do service to the characters and episodes that do the opposite. And then the episodes that do service to, like, the ideals of Starfleet. And then, like... This is another one that makes them seem like they are terrifying monster people that are just like, yeah. nope, you yeah. over here, you over here, start start making with the babies. And like, I would also like to point out that let's let's accept this on its face, right, that the, the people from the Planet of the Clones are not only asexual because of, of uh, mechanics, right, but they're, they're also, I'll take what the administrator of that planet says on, at face value, that they're disgusted by sex, right? Like that they mm-hmm. just find mm-hmm. the very concept heinous. And the and solution... Sense, right? Yeah, totally. But then the solution is like, no, you're not... It would make sense a, that they built that into their culture, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, exactly. But then to, to then say, no, we'll totally agree to have all of these people we've never met with ways that are completely different to us, not only mate with us, but mate with us apparently multiple times with multiple different partners. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but like those are <laughs> those are cultural divides that don't come down in a in a in a boardroom meeting. <laughs> like that's boy, and that that boy, and that even makes it worse. I hadn't thought about the fact that that many of the people that they are introducing into this genetic pool have identical DNA, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these clones, even if yeah. they have three wives, like if you have two clones and each of them has three different wives, you still have. It, it's yeah, boy. That math does not work. No, no. nope. No, it does not. Um, no. So <laughs> <laughs> this episode, I think, I think a lot of that you could just boil down to. Boy, that math just does not uh, does not work. Um, yeah. Does anybody else have uh, anything else? I mean, Baker, you're the only again the only person here who had any semblance of a choice. Did you pick this one because it was left? Did you have anything else I you want to say? I picked this about one because it? it's absurd and. <laughs> Uh, I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, this I is was almost wrong. as this <laughs> was is almost wrong. as surreal as Hotel Royale. <laughs> oh yeah, it kind of. I mean, it yeah. is for completely different reasons, right? Because it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess then, it's, boy, from a. I mean, I w- I wrote a note that like, wow, this is the least feminist episode ever until next episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is going, going to be manhunt. <laughs> I don't think we can tease our next podcast any better. We, that means but we've got to we've got to wrap boy, this up. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got, we have to talk about feminism in this one for a little bit, though. Like it's handled really poorly. Oh, right? I mean, I, I would yes, but I mean, I think I, I think to talk about that would just be sort of redundant because, like. Their solution to this episode is literally like, women are baby machines. Here's the math on how yep. to make it work. Um, yep. yep. Well, and then yep. at the end, um, oh, boy, I, I, well, boy, I forget what the main, uh, what's the daughter's name? Uh, Brianna Odell? Bra- Brenna. Brenna? Um, yeah, I don't Brenna. remember any of their names, so. Yeah, Brenna Odell. <laughs> Brenna Odell. I'm trying to bring it. But she says, like, I don't want three husbands. And then the take to that is like, well, that one's rich. And then she's like, "Oh, cool, <laughs> right? That's her yeah, take on yeah. that's her take on feminism." There, that's, like, yeah. well, as long as as long as she gets the rich one, that should be fine. Well, and yeah. she's it's probably the closest weird... that we have in this episode to any sort of like actual authoritative like female voice, sure. right? Because she is sort of presented as the person who does like all the actual work. The person she's more the leader of this group than than, than her father. Her, it's the father, yeah, yeah, much more the leader of this group, absolutely. Yeah, 
But then, unfortunately, they, they kind of swing the other direction, that when the real decision is, is to be made, she's not there. And yep. then, uh, and then uh, you know, then, yeah, she she's stereotyped there at the very end, where it's like, well, okay, if he's yep. rich, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? No, gross. Yeah. Come on, stop it. Um, yeah, I... Yeah. No, this episode is incredibly problematic for a number of reasons. That just seems to be like the, the terrible frosting on an already awful cake. Like that's just, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think this, this one's been frosted a whole bunch of times Yeah, with horrible yeah. frosting. So I think <laughs> this means our voting is going to be pretty short in terms of what we think about this episode. Do we watch it? Is it a must watch or is this best left skipped? Uh, Baker as our guest swing away. Uh, I, you could probably skip this one and be just fine. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want some good entertainment slash terrible, terrible oh, TV. Man. Unless you want Klingon measles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Paul, what do you say? It's, it's so scattershot, this whole episode. I mean, it, it, it's clear I'm skipping this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just so scattershot. Just so many plots, and none of them make sense, and nobody makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's it's <laughs> racist and sexist. And I I would love to think that there was a good seed here that was about some issues and that it just oh, got steamrolled by. there's plenty of seeds by... going around, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a skip for me as there well. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though you miss out on Danilo Odell uh, describing yeah. the Enterprise as uh, a bloody death trap, lightning bolts <laughs> falling from the ceiling, just oh, what the hell was bolts, that yeah. thing? You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how they put out fires, by the way. Lightning from because yeah, that seems dangerous. Oh, yeah. Worf is like, he's like, what would happen if I was in it? And he's like, well, you'd be standing in fire, but you'd also be dead. You'd right. suffocate. Yep, yep. So, uh, and and if you watch this episode for too long, you might also suffocate because holy crap, it uh, sucked all the <laughs> oxygen are, out of the room for me. There are pygmy goats in it. There are those goats are cute. Yeah, and yep. I think. Um, there was a line here about the pygmy goats. Uh, they were re- uh, bred by somebody connected to the show, I guess. Um, yeah, the African pygmy goats used in the Bringloidy scenes were bred by property master Alan Sims, who was part of the crew. So he's just like, I got some goats. So bring those in. <laughs> <laughs> you and that pregnant lady, hold this goat. That shows you just how much effort they put into this episode. <laughs> yeah, you pregnant lady hold this goat. Also, someone get me some straw. <laughs> We're going to yeah. put it around the transporter. I think um, <laughs> that's going to do it for this discussion of Up the Long Ladder. Uh, Nick thank Baker, God. thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, uh, this seems like a golden opportunity to plug another podcast that I know you're a part of. Wink. Zinger. Seems like we all are. Yeah. Oh, weird how that works out. Uh, yeah, the Nerds Geekly podcast. Uh, check it out every other Monday at nerdsgeekly.com. Yep. And uh, until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And you generally start all the way at the beginning of this podcast, and you listen all your way through, unless it's about up the long ladder. And if you stayed this long, God love you. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for hanging with us. <laughs> next week, it'll be... Uh, I was going to say better. I can't promise that. But we'll see. It's Manhunt. We talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) But be here for the discussion. It looks on a Troy. It'll be more fun than the show. Yeah, exactly. All right. We'll see you.